Hello and welcome back to the channel. Today's story was written by a good friend of mine and horror narrator, Slumber Reads. All his links will be in the description. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Some people grow up in cities. Some people grow up in the middle of nowhere. I like to believe both of them have their perks and fallbacks. Growing up in the city might mean missing out on roaming the town with your friends, free of adult supervision. Growing up in a small town, surrounded by a everyone-knows-everyone community, ensures many dangers are overlooked. I grew up in a small town and always pitied those who missed out on the freedoms I was blessed with. That is until that day. You see, I never imagined anything bad could happen to me. No one ever does, I suppose. Sure, we had some urban legends, like how the abandoned church had a female spirit that could be seen in the bell tower at midnight. This myth was busted by a few of my buddies and I after breaking in and climbing in ourselves for that up-close-and-personal view. We never saw anything, but Robert swore he did. He took off running down the steps, screaming, and when we finally caught up with him, he was outside dry-heaving and had pissed his pants. Unless spirits have the ability to control a living person's bladder, this turned out to be just a rumor to scare us. Needless to say, he was made fun of endlessly for getting scared about nothing. Robert was always the type to try to scare us. He was a practical joker. And though no one else thought so, I thought he was just trying to really sell it. Looking back on it, I think him peeing himself would have been too far to bring the joke. The thing that did scare me, however, was the cornfields. If the adults and older kids really wanted to scare us, this would have been the most effective way to do it. For context of the story, this takes place in the late 90s. I was 14 and pretty much free of any of the few strict rules my parents had on me. Again, I lived in a small town. The population was just over 1,000, nestled in the middle of nowhere in Minnesota. Summers were the best. No school, no responsibilities. Endless land to explore, and a close group of friends I could always count on being available. My best buddy, Cole, lived two miles outside of town. He was a no-bullshit, straightforward guy. Even so, he was the type of person to have on your side because he'd get to the bottom of anything. We always had the best time on his family's farm. Four-wheelers, go-karts. Hell, if we were lucky, we would even be able to drive his brother's old Bronco and rip up the land behind the small forest in his backyard. You're probably wondering how this ties in with the overall story. Well... I'd often hang out there late at night, sometimes as late as 1 or 2 a.m. This would mean I'd have to bike a lonely, desolate road to get back home, surrounded by cornfields on both sides. I'd also have to pass an old graveyard around the halfway point. That part, surprisingly, never really bothered me. The only fortunate part about any of this was Cole's long driveway. I could use it to gain as much speed as I could to bolt those two miles. Riding in the middle of the night, alone, I don't think the paranoia is unreasonable. This goes beyond paranoia. I could swear I sense something else with me. Every single time, it gets worse. Have you ever driven past cornfields with a passenger window down? 
If you haven't, try it sometime. You'll notice the sound of your tires reverberates through the stalks of corn. Now imagine that, but on a bike, by yourself in the middle of the night. The sound was strikingly similar to as if someone was running through the cornfield alongside me. Again, this was the 90s, so it's not like I could really research fucking wavelengths in the corn. Being a 14-year-old kid with a chip on his shoulder, I was not going to confess my paranoia to anyone either. I remember how much everyone made fun of Robert for pissing himself. What would they say to me if I spoke about this? So I did what anyone with a brain would do. I tried my best to ignore it. Moving on. It was a night in August. Clear skies and no wind. I'll spare you the details of the day. To summarize, I went to Cole's house around 5pm. We spent the day riding the trails we had built and played Super Nintendo late into the night. Cole was passing all my high scores in every game we played. I didn't mind, but he kept on insisting I was getting mad about it. I wasn't. Time flew by and before I knew it, it was 1am. It was time to go. Staying the night would have been preferred because my nerves were on high alert, like a sixth sense. But staying the night was something we never did, for some reason or another. We said our goodbyes and I stepped out into the cool night. I hopped on my bike, gained my usual speed, and I was off. I got about a quarter mile down the road, still pedaling as hard as I could. The sound from the cornfield was overbearing. You would have sworn that Cole's dog was running with me, just one row in. The smart thing to do would have been not to think about it, keep pedaling, and keep my eyes on the road. This sound though, it was getting to me. It was driving me mad. I slowed my pace a bit, and with it, the sound died down. Okay, it's just the noise of the bike. The next thing that happened should have been a red flag. The noise stopped, completely. I look over the cornfield, and nothing looks off. Despite the logic I felt, I take my eyes off the cornfield and put them straight ahead once more. Right in front of me was a black figure. I had no time to react before I was clotheslined off my bike. I hit the ground hard. I was dazed and it sounded like a flashbang had gone off. Knowing I was in danger, I tried to get back on my feet and run, but my attempt was fruitless. I was being dragged by my foot towards the cornfield. I didn't take the time to look at this thing. I started kicking and flailing, doing anything I could to make it lose its grip it had on me. I lunged myself forward with my hands and kicked out with my free leg as hard as I could. Connecting with the face of this thing, its grip slipped and it fell backwards with my shoe. I got up and took off running. I didn't take the time to figure out which direction I was facing. Instead, I just ran. I could hear it gaining on me. The footsteps were rapidly approaching. I saw a single light in front of me. It was the graveyard. I knew that there was no way that this would help me, but at least I knew I was halfway. Reaching the graveyard and standing in front of the gates, completely exhausted, I realized the footsteps had completely disappeared. Where did it go? My question was soon answered when I saw the creature's silhouette just past the graveyard, standing on the road. What was I going to do? I turned around, thinking about running back to my friend's house. But as I did, I heard the same noise in the cornfield. The fastest I had ever heard it yet. 
Within what had to be two seconds, it was now standing in the road between Cole's house and I. How was it so fast? This can't be the end. I have so much more life to live. But the odd thing was, it just stood there, as if it was waiting for me. Out of options, I stood staring at the silhouette for what had to be 10 minutes. I felt sick and I was about to pass out. Whether that be from the fall, the exhaustion, or fear, I leaned up against the gate, slouched down, and collapsed. I woke up some time later. It's impossible to tell you how long I was out for, or if I had passed out. I don't know. But when I glanced up, I finally got my first real look at the creature. His head was poking through the cornstalks across the street. He had on a hoodie. He had those bright, glowing, white eyes and the whitest grin I had ever seen. He looked like a serial killer, about to devour his last meal. I don't know how else to explain that grin. His skin was dark and leathery, as if it had been rotting away for some time. The fear I felt was more than I could take, and I passed out once more. I awoke with the biggest headache I had ever experienced. Imagine dropping an anchor on your head, Opening my eyes seemed like a task far too difficult. The memories of the previous night began flooding my mind. It couldn't have been real, could it? No, there's no way. I opened my eyes to find myself in bed. Everything would be fine. It had just been a nightmare. Except, my bed isn't this hard and the birds are never this loud. Upon opening my eyes, it was confirmed. It was all real. I jolted up, remembering where the man had been. But there was nothing. I walked back to my bike, which was still in the middle of the road, untouched, and pedaled slowly until I got home. It was apparently still pretty early, just past 7am to be exact. Too early for my parents to be awake, to start getting ready for work. Still exhausted, I laid in my bed, hoping sleep would take me over. It never did. I laid awake in bed all day and passed out later that night. After that night, I became recluse. The runner, as I later would dub this creature, ran through my mind every single day. I didn't go out anymore that summer, despite friends coming over constantly to check up on me. They eventually gave up, the same way I gave up on making sense of the day's events. School was back in session, and life moved on. You see, legends like this should end after a one-time encounter. The only way these things come back to haunt you is if you let it. I made the biggest mistake of my life at the end of that school year. Maybe the second biggest mistake. It's tough to say. Either way, if I would have kept my mouth shut, this would have been the end of the story. There's a chance I could have gotten past this at some point. But no, I had to fuck it all up. Robert was always a close friend. It was only natural for him to pull me aside one day after school. He cared. He always did. Remembering the incident at the church, I thought he would believe me. If there was someone to open up to, it had to be him. He basically pinned me into the corner, explained how everyone was concerned about me. He said he just wanted to know what was going on. So I told him everything. It felt good to finally get it off my chest, 
He was silent for a time. Turns out, I was right to think that he believed me. He brought up the night at the church. We hung out that night, talked about both our stories and the lasting effects of them for hours. Summer started and I still wasn't ready to go out. Robert would come over from time to time and I could tell the fact that I wouldn't go out really bothered him. It built up for a couple months until it was August once more. It was an average day. I spent the morning reading and playing video games in the living room. It was around 6 p.m. when I got a knock at the door. It was Robert and Cole. I had been right that Robert would trust me. Even so, I was wrong that he would keep it to himself. Cole questioned me about that night immediately once I opened the door. Asked me why I let a fairy tales get in my head. This was classic Cole behavior. Always the logical, get to the bottom of things type. I didn't know what to say, but that didn't matter. He already made up his mind on how to bring this to a close. His plan was to bring Robert and I to the same road at midnight and take 10 steps in the cornfield. He would prove once and for all that there was nothing to be afraid of. It goes without saying that I begged him not to do it. I'm ashamed to say that my pleas came with a few tears. Of course he didn't listen, but what else could I do? I couldn't let him go out there and potentially be killed by the runner. I had to go with him. So we pumped up my bike's long since deflated tires. We waited until 11 o'clock and set off into the night. My parents not questioning why, just happy to see me finally leave the confines of their home. The ride was silent. No rustling in the corn. No conversation. No anything. Just the sound of our tires on the gravel. We were about 100 yards short of the graveyard when Cole stopped and said, Here. I would have continued my pleas. I would have said anything if I could. But no, I was too terrified to choke out any words. Cole grabbed his pocket watch and waited until it struck exactly midnight. I assume he was trying to subdue Robert's fears of the church by meeting the specific time of his encounter as well. He began walking into the corn. One step, two steps, three steps. He got to nine when he let out a blood curdling scream. My fight or flight kicked in and I wouldn't let Cole be taken by that thing. I tore into the cornfield after him and found him laughing. Nothing had happened. He was fine. You really believe this shit, don't you? He said, while barely containing his tears of laughter. Maybe he was right. Maybe there was nothing to fear at all. Maybe, just maybe, I had imagined everything. Even though I was mad at his prank, I felt relieved and let out a nervous giggle of my own. We walked back out of the cornfield together and looked up to see Robert in the middle of the road, sitting on his bike. That's not funny, Cole, he yelled. We were climbing out of the ditch, looking down at our feet to ensure we didn't trip and slide back down. Robert, look out, Cole shouted. Great, another prank. But no, the runner. He was standing right behind Robert. The same sick, twisted grin stretching from ear to ear. Robert never had a chance. The runner grabbed a hold of Robert and began dragging him and his bike into the cornfield. 
Robert screamed, and we tried our damnedest to catch up with him. It was useless. Once they were in the cornfield, they were gone. The runner was fast and had been dragging him what had to be 60 miles per hour through the cornfield. Robert's screams continued for minutes on end, miles and miles into the corn. That's the end. Robert was never found. Search parties looked for him for weeks. His parents haven't given up the search to this day. No one ever believed us, and honestly, I don't blame them. I don't know what the runner did with him. Cole never forgave himself, and ended up going insane. I guess his logical brain couldn't process it. Maybe the guilt got to him. I don't know. What I do know is that I now live as far from the cornstalks as I can get. I live in the desert of Nevada and now try my best to lead a normal life day by day. I don't know if the runner is still out there. People go missing without a trace all the time. Perhaps the night of my first encounter, the runner didn't run to the other side of the graveyard. There's a chance it could have been a friend of his. But after seeing how fast he dragged Robert, it's safe to say either is possible. I don't know for sure and I hope to never find out. I don't have a definite reason as to why the runner didn't take me when I was at the gates of the graveyard either. My best guess is that he could only traverse the cornfields and the roads in between. But again, I don't know for certain. So I ask, what do you hear when you're whizzing by a cornfield? Do you hear nothing? Or do you hear the faint sound of footsteps? Which is worse? Maybe if you hear nothing at all, it's already 